Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, we're going to join Michael Dietrich Chastain. He's a speaker and executive coach and founder of ARC Integrated. His organization helps executive coaches handle change. And he bases his philosophy on story, research, and application over the years of his career, not just to help executives gain insight, but to help create vision and drive that vision into reality. So sit back and relax, unless you're scoping out where you want to invade and stake claim to the planet Mars, in which case, save a spot for me too. Uh, Well, once you get air and all that stuff, but that's not important. What is important is that you sit back, relax, or keep doing what you're doing as we have a conversation with Michael. Here we go. All right. Hey, Katina, welcome back. Uh, This is going to be like four episodes in a row. Brandon's going to start. Yes, it is. And Brandon's going to feel a little threatened, I hope. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) He might, just a tiny bit. (laughs) Well, I know Brandon. He's actually going to be very excited that you've taken on this um, calling or challenge to fill in for him while he's handling another event. And uh, it's really just been an honor. So. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I greatly appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. I really do. And if you do a great job, we'll, we'll just replace Brandon. You know, it's- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. He's just kidding, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. Yes. Uh, so we have calling in from Asheville, North Carolina, just right outside the town where my mom is. Um, Michael Dietrich Chastain. How are you doing? Doing great. You're doing great. It's great to be here with you both. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah. And um, I'm glad we got connected through Laura Pennington Briggs, one of our past guests on this show. And uh, of course, when she reached out to us, we're like, oh, the answer is yes. You know, duh. And then like, all right, now we got to do our research, make sure we know how to best have a conversation with Michael. And and by the way, thanks for the copy of the book, because that was awesome. Oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. So um, speaking of the book, you wrote a book called Changes, uh, The Busy Professional's Guide to Reducing Stress, Accomplishing Goals, and Mastering Adaptability. And when I saw the cover alone, I was like, wait, this is what I do on my day job. <laughs> Every day, it's about mentoring, coaching, training me- leaders to handle change in healthcare, handle change yeah. in leadership, handle people, and uh, reading through what each of those letters and changes stands for. I was like, yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> um, share, share with us you know, how that book came about and, and, yeah, start with that. How did the book come sure. about? <laughs> sure. Yeah. The, the short, I guess the shorter story is, um, you know, looking back at the, you know, 15 plus years I've spent in my career, really across human development in various capacities. So Jerry, a lot of the work that you do, uh, we're doing the same kind of work at, at Arc Integrated, the consulting practice that we have in Asheville. And we serve leaders and teams uh, across the globe to help them create peak performing, healthy cultures in their organization so that people are really engaged and they're inspired to show up at work every day. And, and the system is, is healthy and productive. And so, um, so I'm very passionate about that, but, you know, have always spent 
at least in some capacity, uh, helping people through change. And so, you know, if looking back at, you know, when I started my career out, out of college, I had a consulting gig and was doing a little account management and some sales and a lot of leadership coaching and um, a lot of employee, employer conflict resolution. And it was a really great kind of, uh, you know, first step in the mm-hmm. direction of my career. But, you know, through that that entry into corporate uh, got inspired to take a deeper dive. And so went back to graduate school to get a master's in uh, counseling and then got licensed as a psychotherapist and worked in mental health for a number of years, doing uh, leading teams of therapists, doing, you know, individual therapy, group therapy, worked in um, various kinds of homes, hospital system, uh, jail system, really across the board, everything from like, you know, regular transition that we go through as human beings, like birth and death and um, transition, career transition, some addictions work, um, anxiety, depression, you know, you name it, all the way to the other spectrum of severe and persistent mental health disorder, like really complicated things. And so, we you know f- felt really fortunate to be uh, of service to many many individuals and families and, and groups over the years, but still had an interest in you know in corporate and so made a, a pivot back a number of years ago, and uh, worked for a company for a couple of years doing a lot of uh, training and speaking around the country for uh, clients that we had, and during that time it was a lot around you know change management, uh, mm-hmm. leadership development, team performance. Uh, and then was inspired to go off on my own in 15. And so we started, uh, we started the practice in 15. I've been going strong since. And so, um, you know, all, all that to say, you know, whether it's been in mental health or corporate or leadership or team development, you know, I, I'm fascinated by the question of how we as, we as people uh, both create change in our life as well as respond to change. And, you know, my, my 15 years doing this work has, has shown me that, it, those skill sets are actually the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. How we re, how we respond effectively to change, how we build our muscle of adaptability, and how we create our ideal futures. A lot of the same ingredients. And so, um, so I'll, I'll pause there. That's a little bit of the background. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I love that. Uh, so my own work during the daytime. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. I'm asked by a manager for help to deal with somebody on their staff who is kind of being a stick in the mud, maybe building some toxicity or some negativity. You know, Uh when we dig deeper, it's because, well, you got the change in leadership. You've got Mm. the change in a strategy or an initiative, which means we got to now change your world and how you do your work. And that's really where that animosity is coming from, is that person is having a hard time wanting to accept that change is there. Like, it's here. And this change has to happen whether you want it to or not. It'll be a lot easier, though, if you'd like to do this with us. And um, so, yeah, a lot of my coaching winds up being about coaching that leader through having that conversation to help that individual um, Mm kind of, I don't want to say see the light, but at least, you know, have some buy-in with that change that is there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's typical. You know, I think um, to a certain extent we all struggle with it. And and I think there's a, there's almost a, a, like a biological explanation for that. Mm -hmm. And and what, what I mean by that is that we are, conditioned for predictability, right? We're always seeking yes. at the most, at the most uh, basic sense of our ex- human experience. We're, we're seeking safety, right? We're, we're seeking predictability and we want to know things are going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And change, change is really the opposite of that. Yes. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so it really, it really kind of, it, it pushed, pushes our most basic buttons, um, you know, and, and at the same time, thankfully there are ways to, uh, to kind of, to kind of push back against our nature mm-hmm. so that we can get better. Uh, and, ju- and just like you just explained the nature of the, of the work that you're doing, I'm imagining it also helps people get better at change management. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How have you seen your experience and your knowledge of mental health and mental health issues uh, tie in with you know, coaching leaders and organizations around change, change management? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great question. So I, you know, I think that there are actually there's a lot of differences between coaching and therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there are, there are more commonalities though, than there are, than there are differences. And so, you know, when you look at, when you look at stress, for instance, right. Stress is something we all deal with. And the number one place that stress typically comes from is the workplace. Yeah. Right? And so how we manage stress, whether it's, you're talking to a, you know, a leader uh, coaching them through it, or you're in a therapy office, a lot of, again, a lot of those ingredients are very similar. You know, it's things like being mindful, mindful of who we're around, being mindful of where we're spending our time, you know, being mindful of our own self-care. Um, you know, there's a lot of these same ingredients that, uh, that are applicable. And, and the other thing I would say is that, you know, mental health in the workplace is a big, big topic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this, and this data has been around for, for a number of years, but if you look at, um, you know, c- costs, uh, organizational costs, one of the highest costs is, is related to mental health. Yeah. Right. And, um, that was actually predicted years ago and then has sustained itself, um, even, you know, after the prediction. And so, so it's, it's a big deal. And so I would say one of the differentiators at Arc Integrated that we offer is that understanding. Now we're not doing therapy with clients necessarily, but we can at least give, you know, clear recommendations and give, um, a little bit of sense of what's, you know, what's going on and resources that are available. And so I think, I think that's in answer to your question, how I would kind of bridge the gap between, uh, the two. Nice. I think, yeah. I remember somebody sharing with me, like the biggest difference between counseling and coaching is counseling has a lot to do with healing from those past hurts and, and, you know, making sure that those wounds have some nice scar tissue so it doesn't keep opening up. Whereas coaching is more future focused about this is where you are now. Yes. But how Mm -hmm. do you get that way forward? Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, and both may be needed for somebody. So that's, that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, things, things like trauma or addictions, I think are more well housed in the therapy world, Mm -hmm. um, or in the mental health world, but it's, it's interesting too, uh, Jerry and Katina, when we have a, I think we're also in this like transition period as far as the industry goes. So if you look at coaching and its history, it's not very old. And you could say the same for really therapy. You know, it's not not, not extremely old, um, older than than coaching is. But yeah. when when I say transition, what I mean is that um, there are less like per, kind of. Uh, procedures and steps in the coaching world, less, uh, less credentialing needed, you know, anybody can really put their mm-hmm. hat on and call themselves a coach. And, and then there you go, right. There's less, uh, less ho- hoops to jump through. Yeah. And so for better, or for worse, right. There are advantages in that. Um, and then of course there are risks because then, you know, anybody can, can be a coach, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's in, I say transition because I, my prediction is that in the coming, you know, 10, 20 years, there will be more, uh, guidelines around what it means to be a coach. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's an interesting another, time. Yeah. There are a couple of organizations out there like association for talent development has tried yep. to put some certification programs together. And yeah, then absolutely. you have the international yeah. coaching federation that yep. 
they're they're big sticklers for this is what coaching is. Yeah, and these yeah, are the lines we do not cross because then we're we're doing counseling without a license, and we cannot do yeah. that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting if you look at the the history of the ICF and their their trajectory and how they've established themselves through the credentialing process. Mm-hmm. You know, they basically have three levels. It's associate level coach, professional and master. And those levels really uh, require a handful of things. They require practice hours, uh, testing, and then um, I think a certain kind of uh, education component, right? Yeah. And that's, that's essentially the evolution of the big four in the, in the world of mental health, right? And the big four being psychology, social work, marriage and family therapy, and counseling, mm-hmm. each of which have their own, you know, governing bodies, but they've gone through a very similar process as far as their evolution goes. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, groups like the ICF and, you know, the training development group, uh, how they evolve in the coming years ahead. Yeah. I was thinking about when we talk about change, um, something that came to mind is when you're going into an atmosphere and, and the first, when you, when you say, Hey, there are going to be some changes, everyone panics mm. and they're thinking, Oh no, what's going to change? Because your brain goes to what we've always done this, done things this way, you know, and you become comfortable in those, in that spot, how do you help people get past that to where to embrace change and knowing that change is actually healthy? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Yeah, I love that question. That's really good. So there's a, there's a few things that come to mind. You know, one is in the midst of change, I think there's a real opportunity for organization, whether they be, you know, a, a global, you know, behemoth and they've got, you know, <laughs> tens of thousands of employees, or it's the mom and pop shop that have maybe a dozen, mm-hmm. dozen employees, right? And I, and I say change is an opportunity because it allows us to reorient ourselves around what is our value, what are, or what are our values, what's our mission, what's our purpose and direction. And sometimes companies have those on the wall and they're not, they're not what we call alive, right? They're just stagnant. Like people know the words, but they're not being operationalized. And what I mean by that is they're not being used to make really important decisions like, who do we want to bring on? Who do we want to let go of? How do we want to expand our business offerings? What are we going to change in our, you know, about our business in one year, two years, three years? Like you can really leverage an organization's identity to make big, big decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so that's an opportunity is to reorient identity in the midst of change. But then the other opportunity is to allow people to come along with that change. And so, you know, this gets into the psychology of, of what it is to be human, right? We, we always are asking the question, can I show up in a group environment and can my ideas be seen, heard, and felt? 
Can I yeah. show up as, can I show up as myself, right? Am I accepted by my, by my fellow human being? People at the basic level are asking those same questions when they go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, can, is my voice important? Are my ideas important? You know, can mm-hmm. I, am I going to be accepted and not judged by my, by my fellow coworker? Um, can I enter into conflict and know that I'm going to be safe on the other side of it? You know, and these are all ingredients of a really healthy, high-performing culture. And so, you know, we sometimes will help organizations through, a, through facilitating events where they bring in a bunch of employees and maybe partners and um, maybe, even, uh, maybe even customers to help them, you know, create a voice of the whole rather than a voice of the few, right? To allow decisions to be made or at least to have a vocal input to be had in the context of the many, rather than, you know, a few people in a boardroom making the decision for the future. And, and I, what we see is when that happens, it creates a level of comfort in the change process because then, you know, you're along for the ride, you know, you're, you're a part of the decision rather than it being put upon you, which again, you are talking basic human psychology. If we, if we feel like we are a part of something rather than we're on the outside of something, mm-hmm. we can accept it and embrace it. Right. And yep. so, so anyway, those are a handful of ideas that come to mind. <laughs> you mentioned early in the book changes. Um, yeah. I think it's under the cognition part of it, uh, it in the word. Um, like your ability to overcome that change has a lot to do with your mindset. If you see yourself as the victim or the master of that mm. circumstance, and there are these yeah. like four R's that you mentioned to determine mm-hmm. if you're the victim or if you see yourself as the master over it. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and unpack those four R's or... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, you know, the, the victim of the master, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky term. And I think particularly right now, because there are so many injustices in the world yeah. and I want to be mindful of that and be sensitive to it, that there are horrific things happening in the world and, and there are victims out there to these horrific things. And so that's the reality I want to just be sensitive to. And so the, what I mean in the book by the victim or the master is really, is really just about mindset. Like you said, Jerry, it's, it's an interpretation of the event. And um, you know, that I think a great example of that is uh, Victor Frankl's work who mm. wrote the man's search for meaning. Yes. Which for anybody's listening, if they have not read that, I think it's a, it's an important read. And, um, you know, he talks about his, in the book, his time in the, in the concentration camps and watching all of his loved ones be murdered and, you know, managed to survive that and come to the other side and made it, made it to the States and escaped. And um, he came up with the uh, idea of logotherapy, which is essentially the, this idea that we have uh, the, the ability to interpret situations, no matter how horrific they are, and that no one can ever take that interpretation away from us. And so, um, so anyway, just as a, as a side note about this idea of victimization and mastery, mastery being the interpretation of situations. Um, but, as, but as far as the four R's go, um, that comes from an idea of, and I'm sure you all have heard this before, that, that you want to um, respond to situations rather than react to situations. Is that accurate? Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Jerry, if it's okay, I'll, I'll ask you some specific questions as a way to explain this, these four hours. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so when we think about, you know, responding versus reacting, the, the problem with that, and in my experience, and I'll ask if you guys, if you both agree with this, but it sounds like a good philosophy. Like we want to respond versus react, right? But, but how do we do it? How do we actually do it? Would you agree that there's not really direction on how to do it? Yeah. For the most part, you know, it's yeah. not something you <laughs> innately do. Yeah. yeah. They, it's, it's difficult. And so that's where these other two R's come in. 
So, so Jerry, we'll, we'll do a little, I'll put you on the spot here. We'll do a little reta- real, real time uh, conversation about it. Okay. So if, if you wouldn't mind, think of a time in which recently, or, or maybe not recently, where you responded to an event uh, and you felt really good about it. You had, you got to the other side of it and you felt confident that you, that you were mindful about, about your response, mm. which is essentially the difference, right? A reaction is you fly off the handle, you give the immediate answer in a, in a certain state and the response is a little bit more mindful, a little bit more conscious. And so think of a time when you responded, do you have it in your head? Almost. Let's see here. Okay. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but one is coming to mind more than anything. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so I guess, I guess I think I've got one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Are you comfortable? Just tell us kind of like, you know, a couple sentences about the, about the thing. Uh, the brief thing was, uh, somebody had actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and, um, mm-hmm. it was somebody I'd used to work with, uh, not yeah. closely, but I, I knew the person, um, and his role is with, you know, diversity and inclusion. Mm. Um, and interesting cause he's from South Africa. So like he wouldn't expect that blend to come together, but it, that that's his background. But anyway, he reaches out to me oh, in great. LinkedIn. This is at uh, the start of, um, you know, the George Floyd, uh, incident and, and the mm. protests coming on. And so he reaches out to me and I'm thinking, Oh wow, he's reaching out to me. And he, he goes on to complain about, he witnessed some things that my workplace had done to mm. some black patients. And I'm like, Oh no. That, I mean, that's not acceptable, of course. Uh, sure. But, you know, he's reaching out to me as an official capacity for this. And um, so I, I said, you know, I can connect you with some folks that can definitely you know, address this issue and so on. And so I shared it with a friend of mine. And, and my friend, though, um, her reaction to what I had shared was not what I'd expected. And mm. um, so then I got I found myself getting blasted for supporting systemic racism mm, and wow. for doing the bare minimum. And I, I was like, what? Huh? Yeah. And yeah. so I'm trying to justify where I was coming from. It's just making it worse. And so that the, the reaction, though, was wanting to defend myself like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. Um, got it. So finally, yeah. So that that's kind of the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask you? So what you just described was that was that reaction, right? It mm-hmm. sounded like when, when you described it, you're kind of like in, in panic mode, right? Yeah. yeah. Can, so so if you if you remember, and this is where the other two R's come in, when you were in that reaction mode, how did your body feel? You remember how your body felt? I felt heated, like heated, like, like warm inside, and, yeah. and like wait, no, I'm being attacked here. And yeah. 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 So, so this is, so this is a really great example of what happens when we go into reaction mode, right. Is that our body gets tense. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it shows up in all sorts of ways. Sometimes like for me, sometimes like I sweat, right. And sometimes I'll get shoulder pain or I'll get headache or, or get heated. Right. And that, that tension shows up differently in all of us. Right. So that's, that's uh, the other third R, right. Which is uh, resistance. Mm-hmm resistance. When we notice resistance in our body, that can tell us we're in reaction mode. And so now let, let's circle to, to a response. So can you think of a, a response? It doesn't have to be this instance, but yeah. it could, could be something different, like where you, where you felt really good about what you said and, and were, felt, felt differently. You know? And yeah. it, again, it could be a different example. And Anything actually, come to mind? It was in the same example. Oh, um, great. Great. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Was, perfect. So when I realized this back and forth is going on, uh, yeah. I, I didn't understand where, no matter what I said to, to defend myself or to mm-hmm. share where I was coming from. It was just somehow making it worse, but it, it didn't seem rational, I guess. Got like, it. Like if, Got it. if emotion weren't involved, everything I was saying would have been perfectly fine and explainable. Mm-hmm. So I remember taking a deep breath. <coughs> yep. 
which is something I kind of learned in the army was like when you start feeling amped up and you know, like you get that tunnel vision coming in and you know, like you're having a hard time concentrating, just take a deep breath, hold it, slowly let it out. And you're kind of calming yourself down. So I did that in this scenario and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So then I just changed gears and, and I just asked my friend like, so I'm curious, what is it that I said that triggered you to, to respond in the way that you are? Because I'm sharing where I'm coming from. I'm sharing it rationally. I'm sharing it in a level head. And, but your response is characterizing me in a way that is not me at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. started all that? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So just, just in your telling of the story, I, I can hear and I can, I mean, we can see each other. I can see mm-hmm. a difference in your body. Right. And so, so when you were in this response and curious mode, how did your body feel then? It, it actually relaxed. Cause uh, yeah, at that point yeah. uh, in my head, I was thinking, I don't care about winning this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to win awesome. the friendship. And if that I means I that. need to be humble and you know, take this with a, you know, not a grain of salt, but you know, take it. Um, yeah, I want to get to a level that. of understanding. So I, I just kind of gave up on trying to defend my character and trying to defend my point of view and oh, um, try to, you know, just, yeah, defend how I was being labeled or not labeled. And, and so I just asked out of curiosity, like, where are you coming yeah. from with this? And um, yeah, and then she explained that's it. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what I was trying to do at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and then once she realized she got it wrong too, or at least misunderstood where I was coming from. It was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I I just want to highlight something you said that seems like a a really important piece of wisdom, which, which was um, focusing on winning the friendship, not Mm -hmm. the argument or the conversation. Like, man, if we could all do that, like (laughs) imagine where we'd be. That's, that's Mm -hmm. really, that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so to circle back to the, to the fourth R, which is relaxation, right? That's what you just described when you were able to respond when we're, when our body is relaxed, right? We have, we got our shoulders down, our breathing is fluid. Our body feels calm, right? That's relaxation, relaxation mode. And in that mode, you just described a really good benefit, which is you're able to be curious. Yes. Right. And you're able to be creative, Right. So, so this is the, this is the importance of these two other R's when we're responding, we're relaxed physically. And when we're reacting where there is some form of resistance. So it's resist and relax are the other two R's. And, you know, to your point, Jerry, there are, there are like hacks we have access to like breathing tools mm-hmm. that can help calm us down in the moment. And what we found it, that also works is tracking our body experience so that next time we know what mode we're in. So for instance, and this could be a, a tool that you know you, uh, listeners could utilize is next time we feel we're in response mode, do a little journaling about what your body felt. Next time you feel uh-huh. like you're, you're, you're in resistance mode, track what your body felt like. I can guarantee if you do enough tracking, what will happen is that next time you, you want to be in, in resistance or reaction mode, you'll feel it in your body before you speak and it will be a clue that will tell you, oh, I need to pause and I need to get back into response mode because that's what's going to allow me to be curious, creative, and to hold on to this friendship, like you mentioned. Yeah. Wow. I, I like that because uh, yeah. I've always just noticed, okay, this thing's spiraling out of control here. Um, mm-hmm. 
let me just stop adding fuel t- to the fire from my perspective. And then that's when yeah, I'll take that yeah. deep breath. And the deep breath was kind of a new thing. Like I had never really done that before uh, or recognized I was doing it where I would just take that deep breath, hold it for a bit and then slowly let it out. And by then I was calm enough to just kind of accept the situation or the yeah, state of the situation. Awesome. So. That's yeah. awesome. And th- thank you for letting me uh, ask you some questions, Jerry. Yes. That's great. That's that was great. really cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Katina's probably like, oh, thank God we're not doing any more improv. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, no, not again. <laughs> that happened on another interview. Uh, we were yeah. interviewing okay. somebody who does an improv ministry. And I just said, hey, oh, Dave, why don't you go ahead and just like do one of those exercises on Katina and I right now? And yeah. Katina's- he just kind of threw me in there. And I mean, it's just after eight in the morning. <laughs> oh, you're still trying to get the wheels right, you sure, know? Sure. <laughs> but the look on your face Great. was classic katina and you know oh, if fun. it wasn't you it was going to be brandon i threw in there so there you go. <laughs> that's great i just want to take a quick moment to share with you a free tool we give out to our listeners called measure it to make it our episodes talk a lot about future possibility about what life can be and where you can take your life Whatever that is for you, we want you to have a tool to be able to write it down, make it clear on tablets in a sense, as they say in the Bible. Because when you have your plan, your goals written out clearly, succinctly, you have a variety of tools at your disposal that you can reference all the time. The first thing is being able to measure your progress. That's why the tool is called Measure It to Make It. Because if you're able to measure where you are, and see where it is in relation to where you're going, you get an idea of where your progress is. The other thing is you can identify guardrails. Guardrails are the things that you absolutely will do to pursue your dream, as well as the things you absolutely won't do while you're pursuing your dream. And these guardrails help keep you on your path out of the rut as you pursue that success. So go to beyondtherut.com slash goals download it for free. You have the option to sign up for our newsletter, but that's not required. This is totally for free. No gimmicks, no catch. We're not going to sign you up for a webinar, then ask for a thousand dollars, at least not yet. Uh, in any case, it's a free tool. It's called measure it to make it. It's uh, a few pages that is going to walk you through. How do I identify and clarify my purpose, my calling? And then what are those steps to get me there? So again, that is beyondtherut.com slash goals. Go download it while you continue to listen to this episode. Now back to the show. Michael, I want to know how do you take care of yourself um, while you are encouraging and taking care of other people? Mm. Um, I heard something about hiking. Um, Yeah, yeah. So what are some other things that you do? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. And, and I, yeah, I believe it's really, really important. One of the cornerstones um, of, of how we, you know, how we show up our best in the world. And so, yeah, for me, it's, we, my girlfriend and I spend a lot of time outside. Um, we do do a lot of hiking. Um, my biggest passion as far as physical activity would be martial arts. Been studying martial arts for oh. many, many years. And uh, that's a big passion. Um, you know, I love, love meditation. Mm. Uh, that's, that's a passion as well. Um, then beyond that, uh, you know, the simpler things like listening to music, spending, you know, spending time with loved ones, uh, big, big reader, uh, both, you know, reading and reading audio, what podcasting, you know, I, I'm a big consumer of information. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, I'd say lastly, like, uh, I'm not, haven't been the best at it lately, but, uh, 
try to be as conscious as I can about what I'm putting, putting in my body, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what kind of, what kind of food I'm eating and, um, mm-hmm. and then sleep, sleep's a huge deal. And the re- there's a, there's an enormous amount of research that I think, um, people, I think most people aren't, aren't aware of the amount of research that shows, uh, the connection between sleep and all of these other things around problem solving and reactivity and conflict and, uh, you know, curiosity. We talked about like all of these really important skill sets and, uh, you know, and, and sleep. So that's a, that's a big, big one I'm passionate about as well. I'm so happy you mentioned sleep because I mm-hmm. think we underestimate, you know, just how important sleeping resting is. Enough, yeah. So. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a great book that I'll uh, refer to clients, um, by a guy, uh, Sean Stevenson. Do you know that name? He's a big podcaster and mm-hmm. author and speaker. Uh, and he has a book called sleep smarter mm-hmm. and it's really good. He dives into the research and it's very well written. And, uh, so if people are curious and they want to see some data, that's a, that's a good recommendation. I okay. think, Oh man, I wonder if he was the guy who's influenced a lot of other podcasters to like start shutting down their electronics at a certain time before bed, uh, have the phone sure. charging on the other side of the room, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that yep. so there's like a sleep hygiene. I'd never heard that phrase before yeah. until recently. Sleep hygiene. I was like, what? Yep. that's a thing. That's I. That's where I heard it the first time too. Was was from his stuff, and so yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I was going through my notes from the book. That's why my previous question was about the four R's because I wanted to prove to you you didn't waste your money by sending me a copy of that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad but, you found it valuable. That's awesome. Oh man, it was it, to me. It's a, it's a trove, a gold mine. Because um, oh, I mean, you. we just talked. On, we just scratched the surface on cognition. Uh, sure. So for our listeners, you know the other pieces of changes. Uh, so you made an across, you made an acrostic out of changes. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. other pieces, so you got cognition, which we've, we've been talking about. You've got heart action, nourishment, guts, environments, and spirit. Um, mm. with the time we've got, is there any one of those areas you wanted to, you would like to touch on? Um, mm. Yeah. So we could, we could, we, we kind of just touched on nourishment actually. Yeah. So that yeah, nourishment is all about our physical experience, right? How we eat, how we move, how we sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a big one. And, and just so folks know, like these, these seven pillars are ones that, um, you know, that we've seen have the biggest impact on our ability to both create change as well as uh, respond effectively to difficult circumstance. And um, so anyway, so that's, that's where they come from. And um, yeah, I'm happy to cover any of them. Do you all have a preference as far as which one you'd like to hear more about? Um, so the spotlight on Katina there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go with environment. Environment. Yeah. So uh, there's a great quote that I'm sure a lot of people have heard, which is that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so that's an, that's an old quote. It's a good one. Uh, but, you know, the way that the book describes environment is not just about people, but about people, places and things. Mm-hmm. And so meaning that you, we are so influenced by all the people, places, and things that we surround ourselves with, right? And so, you know, things things could be how much time we spend on our computer or our cell phone, right? That's a thing. Um, the time we spend online, right? That's a thing or a place. You could argue that some, that could be a place. Um, a place could also be what is your workplace environment like, mm-hmm. right? Is it, is it healthy and flourishing and, and the relationships are good or is it toxic and draining and stressful, right? Um, environment can also be community. 
community? Do you live in a community that supports your, you know, your ideals and your values and, you know, where you want to go in life, uh, your friend group, your family group. So, yeah, so there's just so much, uh, so much, I'm sure each of us here and everybody listening could come up with a story in their life (laughs) about how an environment they were in drastically influenced an outcome for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm which is interesting, right? Cause we all know this anecdotally. Um, and I think the opportunity is to really be uh, conscious and hold a strong boundary around what environments are acceptable and what are, when, what are not acceptable. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a difficult thing. I think sometimes when we choose to get conscious about those environments, it might mean spending less time with folks that we've spent a lot of time with previously, Right, or it might mean joining different communities than we had previously. Um, so anyway, so there's there, I, I say this to invite the fact that uh, the idea is simple, the application of it uh, is simple but challenging. So to be sensitive to that. Nice. Yeah. Now, if people want to reach out to you and to Arc Integrated to either have you come on board as a consultant uh, mm-hmm. to do a speaking engagement to learn more about uh, the resources you have, where's the best place for folks to go? Yeah. Thank, thanks for asking. So they can go to uh, our website, which is arcintegrated.com, arcintegrated.com. And um, I've got a gift that I'd love to give yes. the listeners as well, Jerry, would that be okay? Yes, that'd be perfectly yeah. fine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think, uh, I think y'all will, will enjoy this. So, there is so the book about these seven pillars of our lived experience. There's actually also a card deck, and it's a it's a physical card deck, and it's a a question deck. So there's seven question per each of the seven pillars. So 49 questions total, and um, they can they can check that out. It's on Amazon, and, and really it, it's great for teams. It's great for families. It's great for one-on-one meetings. And uh, it just helps us inspire asking ourselves and each other better questions, you know, Mm -hmm. so that we can both optimize what we want to create in life as well as, you know, encourage uh, better relationships. And so, so I bring that card deck up only to say that at the beginning of COVID, we at Arc Integrated started asking ourselves, like, how can we give back massively? And so we actually created a virtual version of the card deck, Oh wow! you know, cause we're all doing these virtual meetings. And so it's like, how can we, how can we improve these virtual meetings? Cause as, as we all know, like some of them aren't so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, so that's the, that's the tool that's available and it's a, it's a free tool and I'll give the link to it. And I encourage people to check it out. I encourage you to share it as well. And it's access to a bunch of these questions and it's uh, no opt-in required. You just go there and grab it. It's uh, it's www.virtualchanges.com. And um, yeah, it's there to use. There's instructions on how to use it. And um, I hope it's helpful for people. I know I'm definitely going to download it. So Great. And before we go, are there any final pearls of wisdom you like to leave for our listeners? Mm. I would, I would say, uh, lean into the opportunity of, uh, you know, integrating the aspects of our lived experience. You know, I think we can, we can also, we can oftentimes get stuck in just optimizing one, you know, whether it's our health or our habits or our mindset. And, um, I invite people to to consider the integration of all of them because uh, when we do that, there are less hurdles available for us, and so that's that's the that's the invitation I'll I'll leave with. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Michael, it's great. great to have you on. Katina, also great to have you on. Um, Brandon, sorry we missed you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Michael. It was so uh, wonderful meeting you. Oh, you too, Katina. Thank you so much. 
Be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 249. There you'll find links to Michael's website, resources, and past episodes that are related to this topic we discussed today. The best way you can pay us back is to pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. That's right, you heard me, that neighbor across the street. You might not even like that neighbor, but maybe you should, or you could. Depends. I mean, if they're throwing trash in your yard, it's going to be a bit more of a challenge. But share us with somebody. That's the point I'm trying to make. Forget my tangents. I have ADHD probably. Maybe. We'll see. Um, But anyway, we're glad you joined us this week. We look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.